Thank you, John, choir, orchestra, grateful to God for you. Find your Bible and go to Romans chapter 12. And when you find the 12th chapter, I invite you to stand with me. We're going to all read the text out loud this morning together. And so in unison, and if you would just stand, please. And as we stand, we look to Romans 12. We'll begin reading in verse 1 in just a moment and read down through verse number 8. Again, thank you, choir. Grateful to God for you. Maybe some of you need to be a part of choir. Join them Wednesday night. Give them a look and see if that's the place for you. A few of you don't even need to go, but others of you that uh, it wouldn't hurt you to take a look at that. All right. Romans chapter 12. We begin reading in verse 1. You follow and read aloud with me that that you'll see upon the screen or if you have the New American Standard in front of you then you read together as we hear, because this now is God's blessed word. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Father, I pray that you would press home your word to our mind, first of all, today, and then deep within our soul and spirit, that we might understand that we are to be members in one body and members one of another. Thank you for your word. I pray that we would be found presenting our bodies unto you, a sacrifice, holy, acceptable. Thank you that you would take us and make us together one for the good of your name. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. And be seated, please. Members in one body. I want you to think about two memberships this morning. Number one, being a member in Christ. This is when you're saved, that you are made a part of the body of Christ. When you're saved, God sent Jesus. Jesus died for you. God comes and calls you, and when he calls you, you respond by faith, and when you believe by faith, he then baptizes you by the Spirit into his body, and you are a part of the membership of the body 
of Christ. If you're here today and never have been saved, I'm praying today be the day that you would trust him. You would call on him. Whoever call on the name of the Lord would be saved and that you would trust him today. And when you do, he would baptize you into his body. There is a second membership, and that is the membership of a local church. After you have come into Christ, you need to be a part of the local church. That baptism is by water. And I'm praying today, if you get saved, you'd come and be baptized by water. As three were in the early service, as they had people baptized at the Warrington campus today, praying that you would come and say yes to Christ and find membership in the local church. Now, Paul illustrates the church as the body of Christ, that we are one together. The world that is around us, the Jesus they see is us. And when we are one body, they see Christ coming, working, serving, loving, prophesying, rebuking, and being the people of God that we are to be. So we are the body. As we are baptized into Christ, we are part of the body of Christ. And then we have local churches. Paul wrote his letter to the church at Colossae, the church at Philippi, the church at Ephesus, Laodicea, and on and on and on. He wrote to these local congregations, and he would say a word to Olive as a local congregation today. I want you to think with me about members in one body about the church and here Paul has some exhortations for the church and I want you to look at them with me this morning see these three items and then we'll ask you to take action on these items today number one this text teaches us that the church must think God help us the church must think scripturally we must think scripturally he said in verse number two renewing your mind in verse number three he says I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think verse 16 will go on to say do not be haughty in your mind back in chapter 11 and verse number 20 he says do not be conceited within yourself Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse number 3 Those of you who think you are something when you are nothing, you have deceived yourself. We should think right, not high-minded. God help us get over our high-mindedness of thinking we're something when we're nothing and being deceived. And those who think more highly of themselves than they ought to think, God help them. Get your attention. Have you read the screw tape letters? C.S. Lewis wrote that book years ago called The Screwtape Letters. Screwtape is the teaching demon. And he's teaching a junior devil by the name of Wormwood. And he's teaching him how to come against the people of God and how to work the demonic in the world. And Screwtape says to Wormwood, and I quote, Wormwood, If you can just get them to see themselves superior to others, you've done your job. 
If you can just get those people down there at the church to think that they are superior to everybody else, thinking high-minded thoughts, you've done your job. Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but have rather sound judgment, as verse 3 goes on to say, Use the word think again, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God is allotted to each a measure of faith. You should think as God speaks and count that as so. Friend, what you need to figure out is what this book says and then begin to believe what this book says about you and walk in the truth that this book says about you. Don't think more of yourself than you ought to think. But don't think less than yourself you ought to think. Think what God says about you. The, the church has got a thinking problem. Sometimes we think high. Sometimes we think too low. Philippians 4 teaches us whatever is true, whatever is honorable, is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise. Dwell on that. Think on that. Find truth and dwell on it. There is a mental war going on in our culture. Never seen so many people. PTSD. And friend, you, you don't have to go to a foreign field in combat to have that. Some people have post-traumatic stress from just living at their own house because there's a war going on. You can get your thinking so upside down and turned sideways. We need to think scripturally. Find out what the Word of God says about you and believe it and walk in it and count it so. God says you are loved. Amen. God loves you. He says you are worth something. God sent his son. He died for you. He came to give his life. He said, well, I'm not as good. as." Friend, don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to God. You'll see how low you are. But when you find yourself in that lowness, he picks you up. My goodness, there are counselors everywhere. We have a counseling ministry here at the church, and we need it, and we use it. But I'm telling you, it needs to be biblical counseling. It needs to be according to this book. Now, I'm not a counselor. People come to me all the time. Well, no, I, I say, I'm not a counselor. And I'll, I'll talk with you a time or two, and, uh, but then I, I'm not going to help you pass that. Okay? I, that's just not who I am. The only counsel I know, and you've heard me say this before, that's a sin. Stop it. That, that's, that's what I know. <laughs> but sometimes you need help unraveling some of that. And getting to the place where you can stop it. Well, Scott, that's why we have the uh, most excellent way. People that have that drug and alcohol problem, you know, it's easy to say, well, don't do that anymore. Well, okay. Sometimes you need people around you to help you. The pornography problem, begin to think, I'm not ever going to do that again. You need help. But you need to begin to believe what God says in his book. Don't think more of yourself. But don't think less. But notice what he said in verse number three. A measure of faith. Friend, you've got to begin to believe God 
for what he says about you that it is true. You count it when it is so, even when it's not so, so that it can be so. It's a measure of faith. You, you believe God. You say, well, nobody loves me. God loves you. You say, well, I've failed. Join the club. Everybody in here is in the failure club. Amen. We've all done it. Just understand grace, grace, oh, a multitude of grace. A friend, not only from God, we need to show grace one to another within the body of Christ. So the church must think scripturally. But secondly, the church must unite, unite structurally. Notice what he said in verse 4 and 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We are members of each other. We have various functions in the body. We see that. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to turn there just to the right, just a few pages. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul picks up on this and begins to write it in 1 Corinthians 12. 12, he said, for, just, uh, for even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body who is also in Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. It's what I talked about earlier. Whether slaves or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot says, I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body. It's not for the reason any less a part of the body. Or if the ear says, I'm not an eye. I'm not a part of the body. For that reason, he's not any less a part of, of the body. And so all of these parts start talking in 1 Corinthians 12. <laughs> the foot and the eye and the hand and the ear. You got all these parts. We need them all. But the feet say, I'm not a hand. No, you don't walk on your hand. Unless you're a clown. Clown walks on his hand. You walk on your feet. You don't clap your feet, you clap your hand. And you're going to hear the clapping if you got an ear. And you can't see the clown unless you got an eye. We need all the parts. They come together and make one body. Paul goes on to say in his 1 Corinthians 12 passage, there should be no division in the body. The eye's not against the foot, and the foot's not against the hand. We are together one. And then we suffer together. One hurts, we all hurt. Most of you still got your shoes on after you came to hear me preach today. And some of you took your shoes off while I'm preaching. And you know who you are. <laughs> the reason you did that because your feet hurt. You say you get a little pain in one of the members of the body. You'll deal with that. I got pine cones at my house. If I had a $100 bill for every pine cone I got, oh, man. I got them this year. This everywhere. And I've learned that when I... Get rid of them. I either wear gloves or I pitch open handy because if I grab that pine cone when I throw it, it bites back. It's got these little bitty stickers. And they'll get in this finger right here. Just that finger. If he gets, I can't sleep. And this is the only thing bothering me. And I'm like trying to get that out and got a pen. And you see, when one member hurts, the whole body hurts. So it is in the church. 
It is in your life. It is in the body. And so we, we suffer together. But then we have mutual dependence because the foot depends on the hand and the hand on the eye and the eye on the ear and so forth. There, there is this, you see, we must unite. L- listen to me, church. Listen. We, we need everybody in the church. We, we need every generation that's in the church. We need every function that people function in the church. We need every passion. Your passion is not always my passion, and your function is not always my function. But I must honor your passion, your function, unless it's against the Word of God. And if it's there, then I've got to help you see it. And we function together. We must unite structurally, making the church one body, just like your physical body is one. You don't go to bed at night and cut your hand off and lay it over there on the side and say, see you in the morning. No. You're all together. Friend, we need all the people of God. Need all the body to do its work. So we must unite structurally. So when you become a part of Olive Baptist Church, then you unite with everyone else. You say, well, I don't like everybody. I don't like everybody here. You don't have to like everybody. You got to love everybody. You don't have to like everybody. There's some folks you rather hang out with others. I mean, there's a few feet running around here. I'd rather not run with that crowd. But sometimes God puts us together, and I need them, and they need me. And so we are one together. We must unite structurally in the church. There's a third thing he says here. Not only must we think scripturally and unite structurally, we must serve supernaturally. Notice it in verse number six. Since we have charismata, grace gifts, everyone in this church should be a biblical charismatic. Everybody. Being a charismatic does not mean you speak in a language that's not your own. That's glossolalia. That's another deal. A charismatic is one who has a gift of grace. When God saves you, he puts a grace gift within your life. We have gifts that differ. They're not all the same. They differ according to the grace given us. Each of us to exercise them accordingly. Then he lists one list. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, mercy. You go to Ephesians 4, there's a different, get, uh, different list. You go to 1 Corinthians 12, and there are additions to the list. The list is not the same in every place that you go. And you find that God adds here, takes away there. For the moment, he puts the gift that he needs at that particular time. These gifts are disciplines. Look, don't miss this. These gifts are disciplines that we must all exhibit. But some of those come easier with God's manifestation to you than another gift will. Because it's your gift and it's supernatural and that's where you ought to live most of your life. But it doesn't mean you don't do these other things. Notice the gift of prophecy. Just because you're not a prophet doesn't mean there's not a time that you do not have a word of prophecy. Service. Been giving Dakota uh, kudos this morning. He does a great job serving this church. He baptized in the early service. He helps us in our serving in this church. Honestly, I don't think Dakota has the greatest gift of service as much as he does administration. 
of gathering up all of our gifts and seeing that they are administrated correctly. Teaching. Find people, Kim Jernigan, sitting right on the front row, she's got the gift of teaching. Exhortation. The gift of giving. Well, if you don't have the gift of giving, you still have to give? Yes, you have to do all of these things, but some come easier to you. He who leads, do it with diligence. One with mercy, that's my gift. You have mercy with cheerfulness. <laughs> you, you respond just like the early crowd. <laughs> well, you see, it says mercy with cheerfulness. There ought to be joy. You say, Prisha, I don't think you have the gift of mercy. Well, you guess right. Does that mean I don't have to be merciful? No, no, no. Matter of fact, the older I get, the easier mercy is for me. The younger I was, the harder it was. But all of these must be exhibited. Now, my gift is the gift of exhortation. I'm an exhorter. Dr. Passmore, who was in early church today, he, he does not have, he had the gift of evangelist is what he is. But he put a word of prophecy in my life a few days ago. He was a prophet and I told him so. When we got ready to have mother's funeral, he asked me, he said, where are you going to have the funeral? I said, up home. He said, you're not doing anything here? I said, well, I wasn't planning on it. He said, let me appeal to you as your elder brother. You should do something here because your people want to love on you before you go to that funeral. That's why we did the Thursday night deal that, that we did here. Because I wanted to? No. Because a prophet spoke into my life what I needed to do. We need everybody in the body. That's not Dr. Passmore's primary gift, being a prophet, but he was a prophet that day in my life. And, and so these disciplines of prophecy and service, well, we ought to all serve. Doesn't mean it comes easy to everybody. Teaching. So I'm not a teacher. I never will teach. Well, it doesn't mean you have to have a class. Let me tell you, if you get married and have kids, you're going to be a teacher. Well, that doesn't mean you've got to give, but you better be a teacher. You're going to have to teach. See, it's the discipline in your life, but God puts some of them. It's like college. You have to take all the courses, but then you've got one field of study that's your major, and you usually like it or you wouldn't pick it. Well, it's the same way with giftedness. You do all of the study of grace, but God puts you in a major field. But you have to do all of the courses that you find here in exhortation, giving, well, it would be great if you didn't have the gift of giving. You didn't even have to give you tithe, would it? <laughs> Sorry, everybody has to give. But for some, there is great joy with the liberality that comes there. The leader, that's a secondary gift for me, is that of leadership and showing that forth. I was asked to speak this week to a basketball team, and I shared with them what John Wooden had impacted my life. I have it on my wall at home every time I go to the computer I roll up my chair I see there's coach Wooden right next to me and he's got that fist and he's just he's coaching his team up and underneath it says make every day a masterpiece that's one of the seven truths that his father taught him when he was a little boy in Indiana make each day your masterpiece that's what I spoke to those kids about making every day your masterpiece and what that coach put in my life leadership not my primary function, but secondary. And yet we have to do it when God calls us 
We serve, friend, you don't serve in your own strength. You serve supernaturally. And, and, and God puts you together, and we become the body, the body. Amen. Now, I want to apply this, and I don't think I'm done, but there are three things I want you to see. I'm almost done. Number one, I want to challenge you this morning, if you are not a part of the body of Christ, that is, you've never been saved, you've never been baptized by the Spirit into Christ, I'm going to invite you in a moment, get out of your seat, walk right down here and take me by the hand and say, Pastor, today's my day. I'm coming to trust Jesus. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's the gospel in a nutshell, John 3, 16. God loved the world, that's you. He gave His Son, that's Christ. That whosoever would believe, that'd be you. Would not have condemnation, but have eternal life. Come believing today, and God will baptize you by the Spirit into His body. There's a second step to take. Some of you are here, and you've never joined Olive Baptist Church. You ought to do it. We had 28 join last week to discover Olive. This is a great Sunday. Some of you have not done that yet, and you ought to walk right down here and say, Pastor, I've been saved. I've been baptized. I'm going to put my membership right here in this church. You ought to be a part. Come. Be a part right here. I invite you to do it. We're going to sing a song. John, come on. We can be ready. And, uh, you got plenty of time because I'm not near done. But <laughs> Come on over and warm up. And when he sings this song, I'll be standing right here. And then thirdly, listen, not only are we baptized in the body of Christ, not only we join the local body of Christ, thirdly, everybody needs to go to work. We serve one another. You say, well, I'm never going to be an usher. You don't have to do it. You're in a small group, somebody's sick, go see them in a hospital. Just pray for them. Ask God to make you a blessing rather than asking God to bless you. Quit asking for the blessing and ask God to make you a blessing. And when he makes you a blessing, guess what? It washes back to you and the blessing comes. He needs us all. Every one of us. We're all different. There is none righteous, no, not one. There are no perfect people in this world. Matter of fact, you really can't serve others until you've been hurt pretty tough. It's out of pain that you understand the healing nature of God. Now, some of you, with your body, you, you think you're pretty good. And that, you know, you're batting like 98%. I got news for you. Ain't nobody that good looking. Nobody that gifted. But I've looked at these hands and ears and eyes and feet today. I, I got ugly ears. I got one ear that hangs way out to the right. I've told you that before. When I was a baby, I slept on it. Mother tried to tape it to my head, but it wouldn't work. I, I, you know, so I got one ear that hangs way out to the right. When I get new glasses, it takes them a good 25, 30 minutes just to get them to sit on my head. That they're not like this, you know. And you, you just got to get it right because I got a goofy ear. Some of you say, I've noticed. Well, amen. <laughs> uh, a, few, a few years ago, I had my teeth fixed. I used to have big gaps from my teeth. Still got one little one over here. I got closed up yet. So I went to this deal, and, and they put me, and they put these trays, and they said, wear these, you know, and it'll move your teeth around. I went there, all 12-year-olds and me. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that was always the greatest day of my life. I, and I don't have any walls. I mean, it's just like all this right here. Everybody just sits in a chair. You can see each other. Hey, how you doing? You know. And I'm over here like, I'm not doing too good. And so they put those trays in my teeth, move around. I never had good teeth. I had a buddy busted this one out when I was in high school. That's right, it's fake. It's whiter than all the rest of them because it's not real. He went up, I went up, he came down, I hit my chin on his shoulder, and out it went. So they put that in there. It looks pretty good. Now I got a big gap back here. Had to have it pulled out. Not the wisdom, the one next to it. God said, you want me to put you an implant in there? I said, I don't know what that costs. And he told me, I said, I just leave a hole. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm just making fun of myself because I want you to know you ain't too hot either. <laughs> All right? God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for folks that just say, Lord, here I am, bad ears and all. And whenever you get all your ears and crooked teeth and some of you think you look real good. You got a big nose. Nobody ever told you that. You got a big nose. <laughs> Let's get over it. Don't think more of yourself than you ought to think. Amen. Let the word of God take. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you just like he wants you. He's made you to be used by his hand. It's like a hand in a glove. And whenever you get your life on altar, God will raise you up and you'll become a servant. A servant. A ser That's why he gives us grace gifts, not so we can show out, but so we can show up. And that we can love other people. You know, John's got a great gift with music. But you know, playing the piano is not a spiritual gift. That's a talent. I mean, Liberace could play the piano, but he didn't have a spiritual gift. But when God touches you, there's the joy of Jesus that comes through the music. Amen. You know, I've had soloists that sing, man, they, they hit the key of G whiz. But there wasn't any glory in it, it's all self. Yeah. But boy, when somebody's got the touch of glory on them and they hit the key of G whiz, hallelujah, amen. Service. God puts you in the body to serve. Now, we're going to have an invitation, but I'm going to do something, and I'll probably lose members over this, and so I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it anyway, all right? And if this offends you, I'm asking you to forgive me before we start, okay? Uh, and if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Uh, you, I'll give you out here in just a minute. But we are one. Do, do you understand Olive is supposed to be one body? Okay? And man, my view, if, when you look out through it, man, there's, even the twins don't look just alike. You can find a little something. But everybody looks like you look. So what I want you to do is stand. Everybody rise. I learned long ago not to say stand to your feet. I mean, like, how else are you going to stand? So just stand up.
And I want us to be one together. And if you don't want to do this, then you grab an elbow. But if you will do it, I'd like everybody just to go across the aisle and let's become one together as we join. If you'll join hands, that's good. But if you'd rather touch an elbow, that'd be okay too. Because I know we're still in this. Now look at this. Look here. All the way across. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We're supposed to be one together. That, that's the body. See, everybody's touching. And that means the one way over here is connected to the one over here. And if they came down, we'd be connected there. And all the way over, we're connected all across the deal. We're one. This is who we're supposed to be in Christ. One, one body all together. Say, preacher, I'm, I'm just holding hands. I'm not a part. We want you to be a part. We want you to be a part of Christ. And we want you to be a part of Olive. Now, I'm just, I want, you, I want you just to hang on for a minute, okay? Just look around you. This is the church, part of it. There was another part just like it that was here early, sir. We're one, we're one body. Ears and nose, eyes and hands and feet. He said nose, yeah, he says it in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, how can he smell? you got to have a nose to smell. And so God makes us one. Everybody in this world needs family. Not only domestically, but spiritually. We, we need a family. You know, just like your family at home, we're not all the same, right? Everybody's got warts. Everybody's got deficiency. That's why you need these people you're hanging on to. Because where you're weak, they're strong, and where you're strong, they're weak. And together we can. We, we are the body of Christ. Amen. Members one of another. That's who we are.